Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Cletus Earle, CIO at Penn State Health. In this segment, Earle talks about why conversations about race need to happen, even if they cause discomfort, how proper teaching and training can help move the needle, and why it's critical to understand data distrust among people of color. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare, see your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. And what you're talking about sounds like uncomfortable conversations that have to happen. To me, it seems like a lot of this is about kind of a lack of awareness, whether intentional or not, just not understanding that, that everyone doesn't have an equal shot from birth and it's not a comfortable conversation. So that's something that I think can be, can be a roadblock. It is. These are crucial conversations, uh, tough mm-hmm. conversations. One of the problems here, Kate, is there's a few things, as they say, that you don't talk about. You don't talk about yeah. um, religion, you don't talk about politics, and you don't talk about what is this sports, right, in these settings at a dinner table. I think the other thing we don't want to talk about is race. It's, yeah. it's a hard discussion. Many times people get uncomfortable discussing race because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Well, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, imagine how it makes us feel. And you know, not everything is about race. We get that. Right. But there's a lot that has to do with it. And until we get comfortable talking about the uncomfortable subject, we're not going to make any strides because we're going to always placate it and act as if it doesn't exist. And luckily now you see so many people, so many amazing people just really doing something about it. And that's the, the most touching thing for me to see that there's so many people, not just people of color, that are out there fighting this fight and say enough is enough. So I do believe having those discussions need to happen. Challenge the status quo, you know, challenge the fact that when you hear people making racist jokes or any type of jokes of this nature, say we're not going to tolerate it anymore. You know, that's not appropriate. And what I've heard from people who said, hey, people do that. Do I stand up to that individual right there? Uh, I'm not telling anybody what to do, what they should and should not do. But I could tell you those comments that hate that, even if it's in the form of a joke, perpetuates these racial disparities. It perpetuates that mindset. So you got to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think the thinking for a while was just, just don't say anything, but that doesn't really do anything. And, and especially some of us who are always taught, be polite, you know, don't say anything. But then you realize that you're pretty much just saying, I agree. Silence is accepting. And the sad part yeah. about it is racism is taught, right? So you have kids that are hearing these things and they are taught this. It's not natural. I think some of the most beautiful images I've ever seen is where you see Martin Luther King's passages about little black boys and little, little white boys would play together. 
Mm. Some of the most beautiful images was when you see that they have not been subjected yet. Those youthful pictures and videos where those wow. kids have not yeah. been subjected to this vile virus of racism. And you can see yeah. it's not in our DNA. It's, it's basically taught. So if we could start to have those crucial discussions, then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we can turn the dial a bit. Yeah. Progress, right? Yeah. My, my kids are still young. They're eight, but the conversation does change. You know, first they're so little that they don't realize things. And then, you know, you, you notice that some of the things they say do change because they do start to hear and see things. And that's when you have to have difficult parent conversations. Yeah. Kate, I can tell you this vile thing. I found out a few years ago, several years ago, and it's one of the most disappointing things I've heard is that when my, she was six years old at the time, my six-year-old daughter and my nine-year-old son, that they were being called the N-word on the bus on a daily basis. And we're talking oh, about in 2010s, yeah. that they were oh. being called the N-word oh. on such a routine basis that they didn't even realize that that was a problem. Oh my. Mm-hmm. I was so distraught by that concept that I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know what to do as a parent, and I felt that I failed them, that I failed them, that I wasn't able to protect them in this world. And we're talking about kids that were six to 10 years old. And we're not talking about a a school bus that had older kids on it. This was a school bus that just had the age appropriate young kids. And where did they learn it from? They learned it from somewhere. And um, Mm -hmm. it's highly likely they learned it from school, which those kids learned it from their parents or their brothers or sisters. But man, oh man, what does that do? What does that tell you when you hear it so much that you didn't even realize there was an issue with it? We have a problem in this country. Yeah. Greatest country in the world, but we do have a problem. Yeah. And in terms of things like training or awareness initiatives around things like bias, is that something that you have been part of or known about? Or, you know, is that something you could see realistically more organizations adopting? Yeah, we have at this organization an amazing chief diversity officer that has put some programs in place that allows us to just be aware. I know that these activities are being stood up, or if not, they're already in place. Definitely something that we've seen over the last few years. I, I can't imagine, I don't remember a time where it was naturally embedded in our organization. As a matter of fact, there's mm-hmm. some organizations, well, the last one I came from didn't have a diversity officer that wasn't on their radar, right? It was nowhere on their mm-hmm. radar. But this organization yeah. I'm blessed to be part of has it on their radar. So I think that these activities are great, right? It, it allows us to think about exposing and, and, and teaching and training us all in a much more efficient way and, and helping mm-hmm. us, right? Because I, I do hear from some of the activities I've been involved with here, is people want to know, what do I do? How do I yeah. help, right? Right. And that's the transformation, if nothing else. When people say, yeah. I want to be able to do something. So yeah, I really encourage as many organizations looking at diversity and not do it just to check a box, right? What this movement does not need is for people to just throw money at it, right? Uh, for mm-hmm. people to just say, hey, we're with you. I, I was watching a television program a few weeks ago was an award show for BET. And it was interesting because I saw so many advertising companies sponsor the the BET awards. And it was great. It looks beautiful. It was really nice content in their their commercials and advertising. 
And then I thought about that for a second and said, you know what, this is great, but you know what would make more sense if they are putting these advertisements, not mm. just in this award show, but you're putting in regions that really yeah. need it, right? Again, coming and telling people of color and politicians and all of those, hey, we're for you and we're, we're behind you. Yeah, it's nice, but you really want to take that transformation to the next step? Go tell the rest of the world. Yeah. Just telling us, it's a bunch of talk. It's time for action from everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Go, go to the Oscars, which has had its own right? issues yeah. over the year. Do it, do it at that global scale, right? We're going to have that real conversation, and you're going to show support. Just don't show it to the community that you think you're, you're placating to, right? Show sure. it to everybody. Show it to the world. Right. And I wanted to ask, too, about the Chime Diversity Committee. You're the chair of that, correct? Yes, I'm the chair, yeah. Okay. So, obviously, now you don't know what's going on with anything, but um, are there activities that are being looked at there just to get conversations going or assist with mentoring, anything like that? Yeah, so I believe we talked about this before, but a few years ago, as I was the chairman of the Chime, um, one of the things I've been hot, hot and heavy about and passionate about is diversity. And we, we mm-hmm. created this committee a few years ago, and I was asked to continue to chair it as I rolled off the board. And I still am as passionate to push the efforts of diversity, diversity on so many areas, to try to spearhead how the IT industry and healthcare can make a change We continue to meet as a committee. We had one of our major kickoffs last year as far as forums. We're going to continue. Mm -hmm. We're doing virtual forums in the area of healthcare diversity, healthcare IT diversity. We were blessed to have Chime help us. They established a few hundred thousand dollars to the diversity campaign and the Women of Chime. And we're in the process of awarding scholarships to individuals in Chime to allow them to participate in some activities and also looking at other areas to potentially disperse some scholarship funds to individuals that are outside of Chime. So we are looking to continue to move the envelope. And that's with our foundation members that said, how do we make a difference? And they're helping us really put the money to where the mouth is and being able to give the exposure of technologists and healthcare leaders and help establish a collection of people that would not necessarily be able to be exposed. As I kind of said before, it's a common theme. Help with the mm-hmm. exposure. Help give people the ability to move forward in the world. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I would think mentoring can really play such a key role. Mentoring, mentee, mentor-mentee relationship is absolutely essential to that. So more to come, more is going to come out of the diversity initiative. You know, it's a relative yeah. committee. And we're going to continue to push efforts to really try to change the narrative, not just talk, but Mm -hmm. bring action. That's where the rubber meets the road. We need actionable transactions at this point. One of the things I had read that really stuck with me too was talking about change within and that having diversity among the leadership team is really important, but it really has to go further. It has to, to seep through so that all employers, all staff are, are really looking to, to increase diversity and um, fight the cultural bias. And not an easy thing, but it's something that it's going to take time, but it's just so important for everyone. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, the, the key here is it's education, it's training. And in healthcare, we, we've always seen, and we saw this with COVID, 
it hit you know communities of color significantly higher mm -hmm. than any other community and you know it is my thinking that it is not only just a component of just healthcare the disconnect but there is a significant amount of distrust for data and information and particularly of some of the authority figures particularly around places like CDC and others, because you have to remember mm. these communities were impacted and they were experimented on, many communities and areas of experimentation, and those wounds are still fresh. How do you expect a community to, to trust these parties when such atrocities have occurred? So we need to be able to think about it in such a different way to say, well, if we keep looking the other way when it comes to making sure these communities are not necessarily healthy. What ends up happening is when you have these things like COVID that occurred and its impact in the communities, these things become tinder, right? It is actually possible that the smallest, or if not in this case, a very large incident that would happen to George Floyd would end up blowing up the entire system because it is now a hotbed, which in essence is now perpetuated by a, another outcome. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense, but I, I do think that they are related. I think there's correlations. Yeah. And we owe it to our community to not look the other way because it will end up biting us. I think that's where we are right now. And we, we really need to do a real deep dive to figure out, are we willing to continue this, this charade? Or are we going to yeah. answer and address the issue as it is? Right. No, that makes that makes total sense to me. <laughs> All right. I should probably should let you go, but thank you so much. This is not it's not a safe discussion. You know, it's not something where there's one viewpoint. So I just I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to to have this good real talk about it. And I think yeah. that that's that's so important, and we need to do that as much as we can. <laughs> No, and you're right. It's, look, there are plenty of people who disagree with me, and I, I hear you. I'm telling you from my perspective. I understand there is um, sometimes disconnects, but that's the thing. Let's talk about it, right? Let's, yeah. let's have that discussion. Let's not be afraid. Let's chat about it, and we can do it respectfully. We can do it where we don't have to throw salvos at each other, and if it means we agree to disagree, then that's fine, but unfortunately, we don't have these crucial discussions. I'm very happy to have that with you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.